to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. And they lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, we're not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. As is typical of Jesus' ministry, he went around teaching, preaching, and healing. If you really examine and read the Gospels and, and take in, just really meditate on what Jesus said in his sermons, in his interaction, especially with the religious leaders and his disciples, you will learn great truths. When you take a look, though, at the miracles, at the healings, you will be astounded, astounded at the power that Jesus has. If you ever doubted that Jesus was God, when you read the miracles and read the accounts, those doubts should go away. You have to believe that. You have to see that He has sovereign power to heal. There was a time when Jesus healed on the Sabbath day. And the religious leaders did not think that He should be doing any work on the Sabbath day. And he, they classified His uh, healing as a work. And on one particular Sabbath day, he healed a man who had a withered hand, a, a hand skin problem. And he just spoke to the man, and the hand was completely healed. That really upset the Pharisees because they couldn't condemn him from not working because he never actually touched the man. But he didn't work from their understanding of it, but he also healed. It really totally frustrated them. On this occasion, we read this account about ten men who were lepers. And it's a very simple, straightforward story. Ten lepers are healed. <coughs> Totally physically healed. But there's more to this story than meets the eye. Leprosy, a very, very bad disease. That's the backdrop of this story. You can look at it online, you can find out more about this disease. It is horrible. Basically, 
It's debilitating, tragically debilitating. It is a skin disease. But even goes farther than that, it really attacks the nervous system. It's a disease where you have no feeling. You can't feel. You can't touch. You can't feel when you touch. And sores can come all over your face and your body. It still exists in our world, known as Hansen's disease. For a leper, their, their skin would be, would be disfigured in some form or fashion. They, would, they, they couldn't touch, or if they touched, they couldn't feel. So they would sometimes just, they could be doing some kind of motion with their hand, touching something, and not realize that they're actually cutting themselves, like on a nail or something. They couldn't feel anything. Leprosy was so bad, it was contagious. It would have, uh, you, you'd have to, you wouldn't want to touch anybody's clothing. A, a leper, you wouldn't want to touch their clothing. You wouldn't, wouldn't want to be close to them. You couldn't be close to them because it could spread very easily. So lepers were regulated to being away from everyone else. The reason you didn't talk to a leper or you didn't touch a leper or you didn't uh, be close to a leper is because you could get the disease. We even have an expression in our country where you want to treat somebody with disdain. They say, well, you're treating them like a leper because you don't want to talk to them. You don't even want to be close to them. In this account... Jesus is passing along between Samaria and Galilee. Galilee's in the north, up in the north, Jerusalem's in the south, Samaria's in the middle. And for our own intent and purposes, Jews never went through Samaria. They would go around Samaria because Samaritans were what they labeled as half-breeds, and it was a basically a racial slur. But when Jesus ministered, he went everywhere. There was one particular occasion where he said, I must needs go through Samaria. Samaria and Galilee have many villages. They're all over the map. This story, he goes into a village, verse 12. Any village. doesn't really say exactly where. It's not the point of the story. But what is crucial is that he's met by some individuals. Ten men who have leprosy. The leprosy would be so severe, it would not only affect their skin, not only affect their nervous system, it would affect their voice. By and large, if you had leprosy, you couldn't even speak. If you did speak, you had a raspy voice. Basically, you were labeled as one who would just die. There was no hope for you. What happens to these ten lepers in this story, and one in particular, will help you today and help me learn how to be thankful.
Do you really want to be thankful? Just take in what is said here. As this story unfolds. If you really want to be thankful, what you're going to find in this text, here's what I found. There are three necessary truths that will generate thankfulness in your heart and in your life if you will meditate on them. After studying this passage, after going through it, as I'm going to take you through it in just a minute, when I, when I finished it, I realized, how many times have I said, I'm thankful for this, I'm thankful for that, and really and honestly, I didn't really know what I was saying. This passage brought me to a new level of what it really means to be thankful. And I believe honestly that none of us truly understand what it means to be thankful. I know I didn't. I've learned some things from this passage. It would be my hope that you would never just say, well, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for this. And never just with like glib or just lightly say the, that word. That you would really mean it. And that you would have an understanding of what it really means to be thankful. Jesus is going through Samaria and Galilee. He enters a village and He's met by ten lepers, ten leprous men, and they stood at a distance. They had to stand at a distance because nobody wanted them around them. They had to stand at a distance so that they would not give their disease to anyone else. They had to stand at a distance because that's just the way it was. And these ten lepers are standing at a distance, but they say something. They lift up their voices, and for a leper, that's hard to do. Because they have no voice. They lift up their voices and they say to themselves, or to really to themselves, but to everyone else who could hear, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They wanted to make sure that Jesus heard that. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. These lepers, they have this serious skin disease. They have this debilitating disease. They stand at a distance. That means this thing is the real deal. And they lift up their voices. And they say, they cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. The idea of Master is the word that communicates the idea that they saw that Jesus had some kind of authority. That He had power. They at least recognized that. And they said, Jesus, have mercy on us. They, they, they learned something. And this becomes the first truth that you have to have if you're going to be thankful. 
And that is you need to understand, you need to realize your own disparity. Say, what does that mean? Here are these lepers. They can't do anything to help themselves. They have this debilitating disease. By all intent and purposes, they are outcasts. And there, are, there is nothing they can do to help themselves. And when Jesus comes into town, they look and they see it. Maybe they knew of him. Maybe they had seen him. But they understood something. And it was that he was different than them. Not just because he, he didn't have leprosy, but he was different than them. They realized that he has more authority and power than they do. They knew of his reputation. They realized their terrible state. And when Jesus comes into town, he's not just like any man. He has authority. If you were with Jesus in any kind of any kind of way, you would understand that he had a commanding voice. He had a commanding presence. He could speak and the demons leave. He could just say a word and someone not even close by could be healed. He had awesome power. And they saw, they realized, in some way, they realized that He is other than them. That He is distinct from them. They saw their disparity. It doesn't mean they despaired. It means that they realized something about Jesus. He's unique. Very unique. Very different. When you say you're going to be thankful to God, I'm thankful to God. Don't you understand who God is? Don't we get it? God is other. He's the creator. We're the created ones. Sometimes we live our life, I think, by we don't really sense, we don't really have the sense that of who God is. We, we, we know it in our head. We know it because we, we read our Bible. We study. We know it. But do we really know it? Do we live like we know it? When you're going to say, I'm thankful to God, and, you wanna, and, and you're going to say, Lord, I am so thankful for what you have done, Recognize your own disparity. Recognize who you're addressing. The beauty about our God is that He's not an ogre ready to pounce on you. He loves you. But He is God. He died for you. But He is God. These ten lepers saw that. 
When Jesus walked into town, they, they couldn't be different. Or they, couldn't stay this, they couldn't just live their life as normal. They had to address Jesus. You would think that Jesus walking into town, everyone would say, Jesus, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. I'm undone. But these ten raised their voices. What voices they had. When you say you're thankful, understand the seriousness of that. Never just treat it lightly. Never just treat it as a passing thing. Don't just say, you know, Lord, I'm thankful. Time to eat. Recognize that God has given you the privilege to thank Him. That He created you. Poured life into you. Allows you to breathe. You really want to be thankful? Understand His holiness, His righteousness, His glory. And understand His love for you. That's not all you see here. They cry out, Jesus, have mercy on us. But there's another truth that gets manifested here. Truth number two. You're going to have to realize your own powerlessness. And this pretty much flows from the other one. They cry out, Jesus, have mercy on us. When, when Jesus sees them, He says to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, on the surface, that, that, would, that would sound strange, doesn't it? Go and show yourself to the priests. Priests are religious men. I'd say, man, I'd be saying, you know, go, man, go to the hospital. Go see the doctor, you know. It's kind of strange on the surface. Why would he say to them, go and show yourself to the priests? There's a reason. He was showing them partly to test their faith, see if they would do it. But it goes back to something even bigger. In Leviticus 13 and 14, those two chapters, God lays out to the people of Israel how they are to treat leprosy, how leprosy is to be treated as a disease. You don't have to turn there. Let me just read a few verses to you. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, When a person has a skin on his body, of his body, a swelling or an eruption or a spot, and it turns into a case of leprous disease on the skin of his body, then he shall be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons the priest. And the priest shall examine the diseased area on the skin of his body. And if the hair in the diseased area has turned white, and the disease appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is a case of leprous disease. When the priest has examined him, he shall pronounce him unclean. But if the spot is white in the skin of his body and appears no deeper than the skin, and the hair in it has not turned white, the priest shall shut up the diseased person for seven days. 
And the priest shall examine him on the seventh day. And if in his eyes the disease is checked, and the disease has not spread in the skin, then the priest shall shut him up for another seven days. And the priest shall examine him again on the seventh day. And if the disease area is faded, and disease has not spread in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. It is only an eruption. He shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the eruption spreads in the skin, after he has shown himself to the priest for his cleansing, he shall appear again before the priest, and the priest shall look. And if the eruption has spread in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprous disease. And these two chapters in Leviticus continue in this kind of language, laying out the stipulations for how leprosy was to be evaluated and determined. In other words... The priests are the health inspectors. So when Jesus tells them, go and show yourselves to the priests, he's saying, you understand the Old Testament law. You understand how God set this up. You have to follow, you have to obey, you have to follow this command, go and show yourself to the priests. Now, the priests in those days were not all, not all holy and righteous and good. For some, they may not even want to see the lepers. But Jesus just gives them that simple command, honoring the teaching of Leviticus 13 and 14, and sends them to them. Well, they didn't reject, I guess. They, had no, they were not upset at that statement. They understood it. It says... And as they went, they began to go to the priest. Most likely this would not take a long time because the priest could have been local in the village or the nearby village. It wasn't going to be like this was a long travel for them to do. They went. What's so special about this? When Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest, and they went and they were willing to go, it demonstrated something. It, sh- it shows that they understood another truth. And that is, they do not have the power in and of themselves to heal themselves. When they look at their life, when they look at their situation, and it is a very tragic situation that they're in, not only do they see God who is other than them, someone different, someone unique, but they also see themselves and they realize we have no power to heal ourselves. That's why we're crying out for mercy. That's why we're crying out for Jesus to do something. And whatever He tells us, we'll do. They didn't object. They didn't question. Jesus says, go and show yourselves to the priest. And they did it. They were on their way. I don't know if they knew what they were going to expect. They had no idea probably what would happen. But they, they were willing to do it. It's because they realized not only that Jesus is different, that He is authority, that He is sovereign, 
but that they have no power in and of themselves to do anything to help their situation. They are, they are helpless. They are powerless. You see, you truly can't be thankful to God if in the back of your mind and in really in the disposition of your will, you think, you know what, I'm thankful to God, but you know what, I really did that myself. You know, I, I, you know, I'm thankful to God. I know I need to acknowledge Him and be thankful to Him. But in reality, I'm doing this. I'm living my Christian life my way. I'm really working it. Then you're really not thankful. To be thankful to God means that you understand your own disparity, that He is distinct from you. But secondly... You understand your powerlessness. Utter powerlessness. Fathom this. Really dwell on this. Don't just let it go in the brain. Let this go in the heart. You have no power. You have no ability to save yourself. To even live the Christian life. You are weak. You are frail. At best, we may live to be 80 years old, 90 years old, and then it's done. There's no such thing as the fountain of youth for this physical body. We're not like the TV show heroes that have all these special powers. It just is not real. We're weak. We're powerless. And when we understand that, and when we really see that, you can really be thankful. Because your thanksgiving flows out of a heart that understands who God is and who you are. But it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. There's a third truth. And at this truth, only one man of the ten saw it. Only one of the ten realized this truth. And it's the climax. Jesus says, Go and show yourselves to the priests. They go. And as they were going, they were literally putting one foot in front of the other, walking to wherever the priest was located. Very kind of just simply stated here, they were cleansed. There's no, you know, there's no fireworks going off here. But that's a powerful statement. Think about it. You have this leprosy that's incurable. Nobody would talk with you. Nobody will touch you. Nobody will even come close to you. You're an outcast in your own society. You're rejected. You're spit upon. You're, you're treated as, 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 as the scum of society because of this disease. Don't just think about the physical problems of this disease. Think about the social implications of this disease. You are nothing to everyone. And all of a sudden, it's all 
gone away. Every bit of it. In a matter of a moment, you are totally cleansed. It's all gone. You would think that if you were in that situation, and you're walking to the priest, you're doing what Jesus says, <coughs> and all of a sudden, you've been made fully whole. What would, you, what would you think you should do? I mean, you probably couldn't contain... If that happened to me, I couldn't contain myself. Right? What happens? Very interesting what happens. They were cleansed. Verse 15. One of them. One. Just one of the ten. When he saw that he was healed, he realizes. He's looking at his hands. He's feeling his face. He realizes, his voice is back. It's all gone. You know what he does? He turns back. And it says he praises God with a loud voice. <laughs> now you understand? The guy had a feeble voice. His voice has been made whole. And what does he do? He turns around and he just, with every bit of energy he has that's in him, he's praising God. But this is the beauty. Verse 16. He falls on his face at Jesus' feet. That is the third truth. That's the key that really unlocks this door. If you're going to be thankful, not only do you have to realize your own disparity and your own powerlessness, but you have to realize your own unworthiness. I heard this week, I heard a preacher say, we are so enwrapped by the culture we don't even understand. We don't even fathom. We can't even fathom how wrapped up by our world we really are. And that is true. We read our Word. We read the Bible. We, we sing praises to, to our Lord. But how much really do we realize our own unworthiness? That's what hit me like a ton of bricks this week. This man, he, he falls on his face. He prostrates himself at Jesus' feet. And for all intent and purposes, Jesus was not well received by everybody. Okay? The religious leaders, on, even on a Sabbath day, would plot his murder. And that, it's wrong to plot murder on any day of the week. Okay? They did it even on the Sabbath, which is in their mind the most holy day. Not everybody loved Jesus. Jesus healed one man in, in, in the Gospel of John, and he was cast out of the synagogue for it. Because he had been healed by Jesus. For whatever reason, this man took no thought to what the current 
climate about Jesus was, what everybody thought about Jesus, what everybody perceived about Jesus, all he knew was that he, that Jesus was different, that Jesus was authority, that Jesus had power, that he had no power, and that Jesus had healed him. And he returns back to Jesus and prostrates himself and gives thanks. And that moment, he realizes how unworthy he really is. Christ did not go to the cross because you deserve to be saved. None of us deserve to be saved. You know what we deserve? We deserve His wrath. Because we have sinned against Him. We deserve His anger. Because we have violated His character. We violated His law. But His love for us and His grace and His mercy has so taken hold that that motivated Him to come and He died for you and me. He is the worthy one. He is the one that deserves all glory. But to be honest, just be honest with yourself. We walk around sometimes, we live our life, and we really don't fully fathom how unworthy we are. This man did. And when he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, he gave thanks. He gave thanks. Yeah, he has a big, loud voice now. He's letting everybody know. What was interesting is what happened next. Uh, Out of the uh, ten... The one who turned back, he's a Samaritan. You know what that is in Scripture? That's when Jesus is going <clears throat> like that. That's just <clears throat> letting, letting you have it. Because, see, you know what that means? The other nine were Jews. And, 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 and the, way, the way the understanding went, the Jews should have been the first to fully understand what had happened here. And they should have been, they should have been falling at Jesus' feet before the Samaritan did. But it's the Samaritan that falls at Jesus' feet. Jesus answers, we're, we're not ten cleansed? If I remember right, it was ten of them. Where are the nine? You mean no one was found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? The Samaritan? It's not what you would expect. But the Samaritan understood something. He understood his his own disparity with God because God is totally authoritative, sovereign, Lord of the universe. He understood his powerlessness and he understood his unworthiness. And that's why Jesus said to him in verse 19, Rise, go your way. Your faith has saved you. The path to salvation does not come through pride or acknowledging how good I am. It it comes through all of us acknowledging how unworthy we really are and how we are undone 
and that we are sinners needing salvation from a holy and righteous God. And He came and He died on the cross and He rose again to secure that salvation for you. When you're thankful this week, reflect on the cross. Reflect on how much God laid down His wrath on His Son. The wrath that we deserve. And He crushed His Son for you. Bask in the glory of our Lord. Acknowledge Him. There are three truths that are necessary if you really want to be thankful. Understand your disparity, your powerlessness, and also your unworthiness. I hope little texts like this, just a short little story, will have an impact on you as it had me this week. Let's pray. Lord, You are so glorious. You are so wonderful. And Lord, we deserve nothing from Your hand. But Lord, in Your grace, You have given us every blessing. You have rained down into our hearts and our lives more than we can imagine. And that's what prompts our thanksgiving. That's what prompts our thankful heart. Lord, I pray that we will understand this. That we will meditate on these truths. Thank You for this hour. In Jesus' name, Amen.